Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 253 of the Drunk Dashers Podcast. I'm your host as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, the beatboxing machine himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Hey, I am doing fantastic today. Man, tell you what, this past week has been really interesting, not just in terms of like work, not just in terms of about gaming, but just the fact that... Uh, just doing my music projects and stuff, and then all of a sudden just having that type of, well, let's just say that type of welcome, like, response by my family and friends, man. It's been amazing. I'll just say that yeah. right now. So, yeah. so for those who are listening in, I, on my uh, Facebook page, I uploaded a video of uh, me doing some acapella work to a song entitled Send Me On My Way. For those who... Don't know what that song is. Just think of uh, that movie Matilda. You know, sort of like how that has that song. You know, like I'm awake, I'm awake, you know, just something like that. But I kind of remixed it to what I used to sing, like with a jazz ensemble group a few years ago. So I basically did a four-part harmony. I used Audacity in order to edit in a lot of like uh, edit tracks over one another. So I basically had to go through sing individual parts, do the rhythmic stuff, so that way it just sounds more cohesive, and the end result is something that I am definitely proud of, and it's actually led me to consideration that maybe I am going to probably be creating some more work in that awesome. response, so it's definitely a wait-and-see approach. I am very particular with how I <laughs> do my music, so it's going to probably take a little while before I decide to do another one. <laughs> Well, that's cool. But, um, yeah. You should, uh, if you want to, send them to send that to the audio to me, and I can add it to the show if you if you want to do that. So, yeah, I can try that. Okay. I can try cool. that. So, Tyler, how have you been doing? Ah, better now. <laughs> better now. Oh, I uh, doing great. I uh, had a craft beer nerd out today at the grocery store. Uh, <laughs> I went, That's I went up there. Lightly. Yeah, I um, I was walking around trying to find something, and I, I've been trying like a lot of local stuff recently, and there's been a lot of new stuff popping up, so I've been trying those out, hitting miss, a lot of misses, a couple hits, um, with that. But uh, there's this one brewery I've been wanting to try forever. Uh, they had a doc, they had like a little documentary series on, I think it was Discovery Channel, years and years ago, like almost a de- probably about a decade ago actually now. Uh, and they're one of like the first big ones, uh, out there. Uh, they're, they're dog, uh, dogfish head brewery. Uh, and I've been wanting, I've been, I've literally probably looked them up to see, uh, to see if they're coming here at least a dozen times over the last four or five years. And every time I like on talk ship or something like that, I, I listen, hear someone talking about it. I like, I'm like, ah, oh, I wonder if they're coming here soon. And it's been about probably a year or so. So I looked it up. And they said, like, no plans to come out to Iowa or anything like that. And uh, so, anyways, I was walking around the beer aisle looking for something to drink. And I turn around and I look. And I see Dogfish Head. And I see that 60-minute uh, double IPA. And I went, audibly yelled, yes! With a fist <laughs> with a fist pump and everything. And I'm just, I'm looking around just like, all right. I don't think anybody saw or heard me. Cool. So, I... A lot of them, like I got, I got the last six pack of the sixty minute uh, IPA, which I have not tried yet. Actually, no, it's, just, it's not a double IPA; it's just a regular IPA. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give me, give me one second here. You're gonna hear my first ever taste, the first time it's ever hit my lips, uh, on on recording. So I can, I can have this moment forever. 
It's going to be either a heartbreaking or it's going to be uh, fantastic. So give me two seconds here. Oh, man. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> Gables. What? I might be the first one to cry on the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just waiting for the moment or something like that where you're just, like, taking a drink and all of a sudden it's like, oh, what tastes like sand? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some beers that probably tasted worse than sand, actually. But this is definitely not one of them. Oh, man. I, I'm just, like, just picturing the image of you, Tyler. Just, like, you're cracking open this beer for the first time. You're taking a drink of it. All of a sudden, it's, like, it's just that grainy sort of taste oh. and stuff. And it just kind of reminds you of the beach water. It's like, oh, who who put beach water, who put sand in this IPA? Yeah. Like, Why is it so salty? Is this sea salt? Is this sea salt beer? It's like, why does it taste like, oh, oh God, there's a snail. <laughs> take take a drink and the lobster pinches my tongue. How did you get in there? <laughs> That's impressive. I'm not even mad. <laughs> oh man, no, fucking, it's fucking it's, IPA lobsters. <laughs> oh, the worst fucking IPA lobster. They ruin everything, man. That's why Red Lobster is doing doing the God's work right now. Get rid of all those IPA lobsters. Oh man. No, it's it's uh it's really good. It was, it was it's worth the wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take one more drink. You know what? We're gonna keep the podcast rolling. This is not a listen to me drink beer podcast. It's listen to me talk while drinking beer, but not listen to me drink beer. Uh, but no, um, I don't really know where we go from. Here. We kind of went off on ta- weird tangents there. All, uh, I, all I all I can say, man, is if you drink that entirety of that damn thing while we're recording, it's going to be a fucking hell of a show. Oh. <laughs> I got that one going, and I got I got another one next to me right here as well. Oh no, so, it's gonna be fun. It's not super high alcohol content though. Nah, six percent. Yeah, it ain't that bad. I did have uh, another beer before that, which was only that was only five percent. So we're good. We're good. I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna be all right. I've had. I've you've 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 dealt with me through the worst on the show. <laughs> you've had to carry That's me. That's very a few, true. <laughs> yeah, you've had to carry me a few times. I don't think I don't think tonight's gonna be one of those episodes. Okay. Okay. So. Hopefully not. I don't, no promises, Gables. Uh, but uh, anyways, this is a uh, well, it's a drunk nerds podcast, so it's I guess it's appropriate that we talk about beer every now and again. Uh, but this is also primarily a video game podcast, uh, so we're gonna jump into some games. Um, do you want to do news first, or do you want to go through what we've been playing first? Let's go through and just take care of some bit of the news. All right, cool. So actually, this, this first one more. It's more of an opinion piece, I guess, than uh, than a news. But uh, Metal Gear Survive that came out, Gables. Did you know this? No. I know, right? It, it, that's definitely a fucking stealth release. I haven't <laughs> heard much of anything about that until this week. Yeah, I had no idea until I think it came out Tuesday, and I think like I heard. I remember the, re- the release date being announced, but I had no idea until. Probably Monday afternoon, I want to say. Sometime late Monday. Dude. And I'm like, Metal Gear Survive's out tomorrow. I'm like, fucking really? Dude, I literally went into GameStop yesterday. I looked at the PS4 games, and I see a copy of Metal Gear Survive, and I'm like, what the fuck? That game's out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's $40. It's an online-only game. There's zombies in it. Gables and I are 
I, I would say we're self-proclaimed uh, Metal Gear super fans, fanboys, yeah, huge I... giant fans. Maybe I'm the fanboy in this equation. It's, it is my favorite franchise of all time. We even did a bracket about it. Yep. Um, maybe Madden still. I still I still don't know who's the winner of that. It, it's one on one a at this point. But uh, who would ever thought that a Metal Gear game would come out and two crazy things in a situation where, speaking for me personally, and maybe you, one wouldn't even know about it until the night before or the night of, and two wouldn't care yeah. at all. First time in 20 years since Metal Gear Solid 2, a Metal Gear game came out, and I was not excited for it. I didn't watch everything I could find on it. Didn't had I have zero almost zero knowledge. I, I I listened to Giant Bomb talk about it and that's all the information I have on it. And like I have like I haven't watched any reviews, I haven't read anything about it. That's it. That's all I know about it is on a podcast. So I just thought that was kind of crazy when I when I heard that. I'm just like what the fuck's going on? Like that game's either like they know it's like the giant bomb, a couple other people talked about. This, I saw talk about this too, but it's it's kind of a good point. It's like either they knew this game's gonna get wasn't very good, or it's a game there they did a bunch of uh, spent a bunch of money on um, advertising it. We get a lot of pushback. People are mad about Kojima and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I thought that was just kind of crazy for uh, me personally that that uh, that happened and no clue. I mean, I know about oddball games coming out that I don't even know what the fuck they are. Like oh that game's coming out in two weeks, like a game you never, no one had ever heard of, mm-hmm. and uh, like I knew Frederick, one and two was coming out a month before they were coming out, on Switch. Who the fuck else knows that but me? I'm like the only person, and maybe Justin because I I text him a link, but that was it. But I didn't know a Metal Gear game was coming out. I don't know. It's just weird to me. It's so baffling. Yep. But anyways, getting into the real news. This first one's gonna we're gonna jump into. It's gonna get a little heavy. Uh, so. A uh, 10% tax increase on M-rated games has been proposed to fund... Fun, I put fun, and I typo there. Fun, but it's actually supposed to be fund mental okay. illness in our show notes. Sorry about that. Uh, no one's going to see that but me. I don't know why I said... I pointed that out. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, a Rhode Island uh, Republican representative uh, proposed a raise in, a, in taxes on M-rated video games uh, to fund mental health provisions in schools. Uh, so, like, games like Call of Duty would have a uh, they'd be taxed at ten percent. So next year, probably you know, like here in Iowa, or at least in Des Moines, it's like six percent. Uh, so it'd be like an extra what dollar or so um, for a game. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, the statement follows President uh, Do- President Donald Trump's recent comments on the power of violent video games and films to shape young young people's thoughts. Uh, this is a quote from uh, I can't remember uh, what was I don't remember, I can't find his name. Uh, well, his last name was Nard. Delio, I, almost, I don't know how you pronounce that. But anyways, this is a quote from him. This, there is evidence that children exposed to violent video games uh, at a young age tend to act more aggressively than those who are not. Mm. Uh, although, and in, in this, this is from this is all quotes from the article. Uh, Nardell said in a statement, although he did not provide any sources to substantiate his claims, uh, he would go on to say, "Our goal is to make every school in Rhode Island a safe and calm place for the students to learn." Uh, Apparently, our Nardilio uh, currently has a 93% approval rating from the NRA. Uh, so, yeah, that's a thing. Um, 
by uh, by offering children resources to manage their aggression today, we can ensure a peaceful, a more peaceful tomorrow. That was another quote by him. Uh, although the, uh, the Secret Service here in the United States uh, did their own research and found that less than 20% of the school shooters played violent video games. So um, I don't want to get into like a liberal versus um, right wing kind of thing, conservative, uh, Democratic or uh, Republican thing. Uh, I also want to point out that Donald Trump said there should be a rating board for video games this week as well. Um, which, <laughs> He's about 20 years too late. About 25 years, yeah. A little yeah. late on that one. Uh, there's called ESRB. Uh, it's been around for a while, buddy. Uh, catch up. Anyways. Uh, so... This was a smart play by him, I would say. One, it diverts, you know, that's with the terrible shooting that happened in Parkland, Florida uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it kind of diverts attention from, uh, you know, the gun control stuff. And uh, it's kind of the easy thing. You always see, like, Fox News go on to talk, rant about violent video games being a thing and school shootings. But, like they said, the, their, own, their own government did the research and found... Less than twenty percent of school shooters play violent video games, um, but I think this is a smart play because if there's any pushback from it, you can easily like, what you don't want to help fund mental illness for kids. Uh, but if you agree to this, you're kind of admitting that there that video games um, either is a a part of the problem or b is the problem. So it's kind of like if anybody is against this in any way, uh, it's kind of like you're you're you don't you don't look good uh even though you're even though i i don't know it's it's a tough uh line to walk on i guess not just a tough line to walk on but it's worded in such a way to where it's very slick in order the way this was orchestrated it's definitely something that was given a bunch of time to just go through and try to marinate because we all understand a bunch of the studies behind well some I shouldn't say some, but it's like some of us who actually have done little bits of research in the, between like some of these case studies and linking violent video games to aggression and stuff like that. A lot of those things are just thrown out, not just because of like not just because of like not there being a lot of people, but it's just a lot of it does not hold too much weight in terms of that. I felt a lot of what this bill was initially suggested to for Rhode Island and stuff was based upon just little bits here and there to try to distract from all the gun laws and all the other stuff that's been going full force. I mean, let's just think of it this way. There's a reason why the NRA supported this, like, what, a 93%? Well, 93% of NRA members, NRA members? Support, support this uh, representative, Nardilio. Yeah, 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 so... But I do agree with you, Tyler, that this is definitely a smart way for people to support, like, children that need, like, help with mental health, stuff like that. But this is definitely a double-edged sword, too, because it's like, not only are you paying towards something that just fully admits and stuff to where it's, oh, hey, violence in video games are the cause of people going through and shooting up stuff, but at the opposite end, it's like... If you don't pay this sort of tax or something, if you're buying like a game that's like a violent video game, it's like it kind of labels you as sort of like a criminal too. So it's like, oh gosh, it's just so weird how this kind of like uh, thing is, like how the perception of like uh, this is orchestrated in of itself. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean well, to cut you off. 
Well, yeah, it's no no biggie. It's just the way that uh, the bill itself is orchestrated for, like, what was this, Rhode Island, right? Yep. Yeah, so the way this thing feels like it's is orchestrated, it just feels like it's just really kind of, like, grimy in terms of, like, not just what it suggests, what the hidden undertones of all these represents, but it's like, if you don't agree with this and stuff like that, you're basically, like I was just saying before, you you basically are being put, like, a guilt trip. People are going to be looking at those who don't, like, oppose this. You know, the people who oppose this or something like that are going to be looked at in a negative light because they, because other people are thinking they're not going to support, like, say, mental illness help and stuff yeah. like that, but... <sighs> Either way around and stuff, this is like a very kind of like uncomfortable way to go through and like, uh, you know, institute a law and stuff. But then again, it's like, God, man, I, I'm kind of beside myself because in a way and stuff, I can understand the positive cause of like putting attacks like on sudden violent video games or something like that. But at the same point, it's sort of like it sort of deters a lot of that stuff kind of creating in the whole logic that oh, hey, we agree that these particular video games are the cause of these shootings, are the cause of these type of violent outbursts, and that's just simply not true. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, personally not trying to say that Yeah, video games might. I mean, there very well could be, and there probably is to a certain extent, um, something there between, you know, violence and violent video games. Uh, I mean, I know, like, Fucking every kid out there that watch wrestling, practice wrestling moves with their friends, and oh, yeah, people get course. hurt, shit like that. You always, you know, so yeah, it's just it's a really like I said, it's a tough call to make. Like you were saying, like I, I'm for, I, I'm in a way, I'm for this. I'm, 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 I'm okay with the idea. I just don't like the reasonings being put in place. Yeah, it feels like a cheap, nasty kind of trick um, that's there, like. But at the same time, these are rated M games. These are people over seventeen that should be buying these games, and right. it's supposed to go towards this is supposed to go towards mental illness studies for for kids. So I'm like, well, technically these kids are supposed to play it, and I know like I we all played rated M games. I was playing freaking GTA when I was in freaking middle school, um, but, and I'm sure a lot of the people were. So obviously those rules get breaking, but the 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 rating is already there for that purpose. I understand that. I understand that too. But I just kind of find it interesting that they go forth like mental, like mental health for kids more so than it's just like say mental health for just people in general, regardless yeah. of age and stuff. That's also sort of like now that I'm just noticing that it's like it's kind of uh, really sort of like reminiscent to. You know, like, how the whole perception, like, say, by Fox News or something like that, violent video games are, like, some of the cause or leading causes of, like, these school shootings and stuff like yeah. that. In and of itself, just just a little blurb about there being, like, uh, oh, this goes to help, like, a kid's, like, mental health and stuff like that, you know? These adult-rated games and this and that and this and that. It's definitely paid some little bit of reference towards that and cause, you know? I felt this bill probably would have been better orchestrated if say if it wasn't just aimed towards just a small demographic and in terms just yeah. like expanded for just mental health for like adults and kids in general i at least would have been able to stomach it a little bit more than that and it's a little bit more widespread than just like targeting just a specific type of stereotype thing that the media has sort of imposed upon like gaming 
in terms of, say, the violent media stuff, like violent video games, this and that, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, to jump on one more point before we move on, that not all rated M games are violent games. That's very true. Catherine is a rated M game, and that's just because it's very sexual. Yeah. I think Is Bayonetta, is that teen? Yeah, it's, a, or is, it's M. Is that mature? Is it? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of violent. They're just shooting and There's a lot of sexual lot of suggestions and a lot yeah. of, like, innuendos yeah. and stuff like, like that. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. No. So, yeah, I don't know. I... Yeah, it's just a like it, it's not an easy thing to walk, you know. Not easy. No, no, there's no easy response to that. But no. there's a lot of variables in it. So uh, we're gonna move on in, okay. in a very uh, non uh, easy segue there into uh, kind of a. I mean, this week not a lot of major topics, a lot of smaller stuff. So oop, I, I hit my mic again. Damn it, I keep doing that. Uh, but anyways, uh, EA Play uh, 2018, uh, we got some news on it. Uh, people don't might not remember. EA kind of separated itself from E3, um, but like it's like down the street now from E3, uh, and they have like they rent they just rent out like a little small arena um, or small little stadium thing. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, anyways, no, uh, they they had some more details on it. So it's gonna be between June 9th and 11th. Uh, E3 is actually on the 12th. Uh, they're going to have a press conference like they did last year on June 9th. Uh, it'll be streamed online. Uh, and they also came out with some more details. All the EA Sports games, the annual ones, are going to be playable, as always. Uh, there's going to be a new Battlefield experience um, that will be playable, and that will be released this holiday. No other details on it. And huh. then also BioWare's uh, game Anthem will also be playable. So uh, nothing really major there. Um but just kind of a couple of uh, nuggets out of it with a, I mean, I officially a- announcing, I think everybody knew one was coming, but every other year, I believe. But a new Battlefield game. And also uh, the use of the word experience. It's kind of a weird, weird wording. Don't want to read too much into it. Maybe I, maybe I already, by pointing out that word being there, I'm already reading too much into it. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I actually somehow I don't know why list like listened to like some of our old shows not too long ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I stumbled upon well, last E3 when we did like seven or eight shows in like one week. Yeah. Uh, for E3, I actually stumbled across the EA episode and us ranting and complaining about the EA uh, EA Play <laughs> press conference, and it was just just a bunch of sports games and a way out was the only redeemable thing out of it. Anthem was even. Uh, it was announced there, but nothing was shown for it. Yeah. Uh, so I am, you know, I'm. I don't really care either way about the you know EA not being part of E3 at all. Um, as what we are, we're not in the business, so we don't really care about it. Uh, it doesn't really affect us anyway. But uh, I am kind of curious though. Like I'm not a huge Battlefield guy. I, I liked uh, Battlefield Three. Thought Four was okay. Uh, Battlefield One didn't really care for all that much. But uh, I am curious. It's it's interesting actually that we're it's late February and there's no real details about Battlefield. I'm surprised. Usually that you know big games like that, you, there's no real surprise a year before year before the game is launched. Uh, you pretty much know. Like I think everybody knew Battlefield. I think everybody knew everything about Battlefield One except for the name uh, until up till when it was finally actually announced. Like we already knew it was a World War One game. Uh, we knew everything about it, just not the name. So, um, what about you, Gables? Anything 
anything about you excite this for you about EA or what, what do you think? Well, let's see for the EA Play stuff with these little recent announcements and stuff. It's kind of surprising, like you were just saying, that we haven't really heard too much about Battlefield up until like right now, considering that it has. Well, what was like? How long has it been since like Battlefield One here? Uh, October two thousand sixteen. Yeah, I thought so. So we haven't heard anything about this particular Battlefield game, like, almost, like, a year and a half, I want to say, mm-hmm. since the last, the major thing that uh, EA did with Battlefield. In and of itself, it's kind of interesting that they introduce this sort of, like, the Battlefield experience, meaning, like, this, they're trying so desperately to try to make it, say, a bigger event by their wording and stuff like that, knowing full well their follies with Battlefront 2. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they've kept so much of, like, Battlefield in general and stuff under wraps, because they probably are going to be waiting maybe until, I don't know, maybe around mid-March or possibly showcase it at E3 as something that's kind of different than, say, what Call of Duty did with World War Two and all this other stuff. But uh, any everything else and stuff about the EA Play here, this announcement and stuff, just been kind of like standard and stuff. I mean, I'm kind of interested in seeing what more of like what they show of Anthem eventually. But yeah. other than that, though, this really wasn't anything too exciting to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's always like there's almost always like one little cool nugget that comes out of EA press conference. Yeah. Uh, even though like you sit through 45 minutes of stupid shit to get like two or three minutes of cool stuff like last year was a way out the year before that was Faye. the year before that was um unraveled uh <laughs> so my worst nightmare might come true and maybe unravel 2 is shown off uh at this e3 but i wouldn't be surprised if we we hear more about that battle the battlefield uh game before then because i think battlefield 1 uh was officially like they had like a trailer come out for it uh, a few weeks before e3 and I think Call I think this Call of Duty Activision is the same thing Call of Duty. Uh, I think they do it all the time. Like they do like a small like here's some initial details and just like kind of what it is um, before uh, right before E3. Then we get the full blown everything about the game at E3. So I'm sure we'll be hearing more about it in the next couple of months or we'll get something official for it. But moving on to our next topic, uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and this has been kind of one of the worst kept secrets like it's been out there since like i want to say october november of last year uh, but officially at uh, ea released a trailer um i guess keeping with ea um for burnout paradise remastered it's coming to ps4 and xbox one on march 16th it's gonna be 40 bucks it's gonna come to pc later this year but no details other than later this year um this new edition uh includes technical enhancements that include high resolution textures uh, 4K 60 frames per second for PS4 and X, uh, P- PS4 Pro and Xbox One X um, owners uh, will include base game and eight uh, add-on packs. They released a shit ton of DLC for that game, and that was actually really cool because a lot of that DLC was free back then. Uh, they they put they released like motorcycles and whole other sections to the game. I think a couple of them were paid, like the bigger ones were uh, I think had to pay for, but like ten bucks. Um, but all that stuff's going to be included. And you're going to have the legendary car, uh, pack, which included the back to the future car and nice. ghostbusters car. Um, Excellent. so yeah, that, that is coming out. I personally, uh, I Gables, we were actually talking about a little bit for the show. Um, but I told Gables already, I actually already bought it digitally on PS4. 
uh, and I canceled my Kirby um, Star Allies <laughs> pre-order. I'm like, it's coming on the same day. Like, there's a shit ton of stuff coming out uh, in the last two weeks of March. Uh, I'm not going to have time for all that. Maybe I'll, I'll play it later. But, uh, yeah, I am incredibly pumped. I love playing that game. That was – and when we talked about it a few weeks ago, uh, I talked about how – I you know, that was one of the first, like, big games I got into. Where, like, there's me and seven other friends just driving around Paradise City. Um, and I cannot wait to listen to Faith No More's epic on repeat and just blow like fuck shit up in this game. And I'm hoping that we can get a bunch of gamer nights out of this because uh, this will be uh, hopefully incredibly fun. And I hope it's not uh, all nostalgia for me. What about you, Gables? I kind of feel the same way. Where it's like I have heavy nostalgia for Burnout Paradise, considering that what was it like around 2010? So roughly around eight years ago, that was my first platinum. For uh, my on the PlayStation Three and stuff like that, so it definitely has heavy influence for me, and I feel like I want to go through and play Burnout Paradise again eventually. And it's like this is definitely a perfect time and stuff. I'm not too sure when I will get it, but I definitely want to see if we can get like a bunch of guys for the gamer night stuff for uh, have us and have the talking ship guys. See if there's any interest and just go through wreck some shit. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and they're they're gonna have the original soundtrack, which is very important to me. Oh yes. Uh, so Paradise, Guns and Guns Roses. Yeah, <laughs> Paradise City's gonna be there. Um, Avril Lavigne will be there. So that's uh, 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 well, that's not Yeah, <laughs> at least they're not making things complicated. So we, we'll know it's gonna be there. Um, yeah, I am incredibly excited for this. Um, as is Gables. So it's gonna be. Uh, and it's actually this is uh, I forgot to put this in the notes, but. Um, this is EA's first remaster for this. Uh, I think I don't think they've ever really done one before. Uh, so huh. they've always been kind of against, like they've always been kind of anti remaster. So and they actually doing a fucking remaster. That's a great point yeah. right there, Tyler. I've yeah. never actually have seen EA do like a remaster that I know of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, because they haven't done one. So yeah, at least on this generation, um, I can't think of anything from last generation. So uh, yeah, so this. Opens up the doors, you know. I've talked about in the show before about, uh, and a lot of people have wanted the Mass Effect and Dead Space uh, remasters. So, oh, yeah. uh, I don't want to give them up too much, but I kind of am. But that, you know, that I would love to get those uh, those out here eventually. So, and it's, you know, well, you know, EA's obviously had a rough uh, last year or so, last couple of years with some with bad publicity. So, stuff like bringing back cool games that people love back in the day, uh, and they've had a rough time with. Uh, quality racing games so everybody's been wanting for a decade since paradise or burnout paradise came out everybody's wanted the next burnout paradise i guess the the best way to uh get us the next great burnout uh, paradise game is to just give us burnout paradise so which i'm fine with uh especially in 40 bucks all that cool jazz so uh moving on though uh next topic uh a game that we've talked about a little bit a lot well, actually last month is dragon ball fighters uh fighter z what fuck i don't know whatever i'll figure it out one of these days uh but anyways <laughs> um the uh whoever the people work on it, namco bandai i don't know the, comp- the company that's uh directly working for well, let's see uh, you, developers. Have Nan- you have namco bandai as a publisher then you have arc system works the creators of the anti gear games that are thank you did that yes yeah so uh they've announced kind of some details about they have a plan to patch uh, a lot of the online issues. That's been a big uh-huh. issue for Gables to talk about a lot. Oh, and that's shit, yeah. Cause, like, we talked, I think we mentioned it last week, but, uh, like, over 80% of the online community for Steam has dropped off. People are dropping off on Xbox One and PS4. 
uh, not as fast, but dropping off. And uh, a lot of that has just been the online issues, trouble getting into games, games constantly getting booted from games. Yep. Uh, so producer Tamako Hiroki uh, came out and said, we've heard all your, uh, we've heard, we, let me try that again. We've heard all your feedback since the release and we're fully aware of the on- online issues that we're ha- you're having. Such as a matching in the ring match or being disconnected from the lobby. We're aware of the situation and keen to resolve them with all of our might. So the first step uh, towards fixing the problem will be coming at the end of February. So I'm going to assume, uh, I mean, today's, it's Saturday night, it's the 24th. So that gives them until uh, Wednesday night to release uh, the first patch. So coming forward to the end of February with, with a new update. Um, no details on what that update is, but they said it's going to be the first steps of the problem. And then uh, they went on to say that please bear in mind that the that this first patch might not fix everything at once. Uh, therefore, we'll, we're also planning to release another patch mid to late March to gradually resolve the issue. Rest assured that we will not stop until the fix has been completed. So, the game's been out for about a month now, and that's been a constant issue for people. And that's kind of really been the biggest negative for it um, for a lot of people. And I've you know I played a handful of matches here and there. It's I'm getting my ass whooped, and but I've I've dealt with those issues with drop frame rates, uh, glitching, uh, dropped out lobbies, can't get in the matches. Yep. So um, this is great to hear because there's uh, you know there's a lot of people like talk ship guys that are that kind of quit I think quit playing the game for a lot of the same reasons. And I would love to have a game tonight for that game too because this game obviously like I said last week is fucking fantastic. Oh yeah. But uh. I love to play Gables, but kind of what the what, what's the point at this point right now? So uh, I'm, you know, it's a little, might be a little too late. It's been four weeks now, but I'm glad they're you know they're sticking with it. And I guess they have you know they have a season pass. They announced I think the first fighter coming out for it. I'm not even gonna pretend like I know who it is, uh, but you can look it up if you're interested. Um, so they gotta kind of keep supporting this game, and that's online's the biggest uh, seller they have right now for um, for this game. So I'm glad they're fixing it. This is this is good, especially because I, I, I like I said I want to play this game with friends. What about you, Gables? Oh, I feel the same way and stuff. Like it's like we have said previously, and <laughs> the online stuff definitely has been definitely issues. I mean, I know for a fact when I first started playing Dragon Ball Fighters, and then going through with the whole Road to One Thousand stuff like that, just one of the reasons why it's taken so long in order to try to go forth with uh, completing matches and stuff, it's because most of the time I get disconnected while I'm facing off against people that have, like, I kid you not, good connections or something like that. Mm-hmm. I've played roughly maybe about 30 matches or so online, and I have on- and I keep on losing a lot of them, not because of skill play, but because of the lobby deciding in and of itself, oh, hey, yeah, you're all of a sudden, you're out of the lobby. I'm like, what? And it's frustrating because I have been close to winning a few matches, only for it to disconnect the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the worst part about it is, like, once you leave the lobby, you are rewarded a loss automatically for online. So it's like, jeez. Double kick in the pants, especially when you're on the of victory. I do want to point out, though, uh, I wasn't using the glitching and getting kicked out and all that as an excuse. I was definitely getting my ass whooped in those games. <laughs> um, like not even beating one guy out of the three, so um, I was not making excuses. Cause I, I, I've said it many times, and I want to reiterate: I'm terrible at video games. Um, that will always be true, uh, except for uh, maybe Madden. Um, but anyways, no, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I want this game. I, I don't 
don't really plan on getting rid of anytime soon. And I, like I said, I want to keep playing. I want to play with friends. But uh, moving on to um, one of my favorite things of the month, uh, we got the MPD numbers for January. Yeah. Uh, not anything really too exciting coming out of it as far as because no really major, you know, like we just talked about Dragon Ball Fighter Z and Monster Hunter World came out. Um, but you know, all the big games are out of out of the way. There's not a lot of competition going on right now. It's, it's, the holidays just happened, uh, so no, no, not a lot of big news. There, uh, console sales are way up, but a lot of the the Canon came out and said a lot of it has to do with the Xbox One X and the Switch being on the on the market. Um, so obviously that's gonna make a big difference. We got two, one brand new console, or well, not brand new, but first month, uh, first time in in January on the market. And you have the Xbox One on smell for a couple months now. So, uh, console sales way up. But here's the top 20 lists for everybody real quick. Uh, number 20, Need for Speed Payback. Number 19, Dissidia? Final Fantasy? Dissidia. Dissidia, thank you. I don't know what the hell that is. That sounds like a Japanese RPG it's kind a, of game. It is a fighting game with uh, Final Fantasy characters. Ah, makes sense with the Final Fantasy being in the name. Probably should figure that out when I'm myself. Oh well, uh, I'm also an idiot as well as being terrible at video games. Uh, number eighteen, Splatoon two. Number seventeen, Sims four. Number sixteen, Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Really? Number fifteen, yep. FIFA eighteen. Number fourteen, Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, number thirteen, EA Sports uh, UFC three. Number twelve, Assassin's Creed Origins. Number eleven, Star Wars Battlefront two. Uh, number ten, Madden NFL eighteen. Number nine, Mario Kart eight. Number eight, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number seven, Mario Odyssey. Wow. Six, NBA 2K18. Five, GTA 5. Four, PUBG for the Xbox One. Uh, three, Call of Duty World War II. Two, Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Fighters, whatever. And um, number one, Monster Hunter World. Wow. Yeah. So that is a list and a half. Yes. So a, per, a lot of strong titles, and I lost my bottle opener cables. What am I gonna do? <laughs> oh, I found. Luckily, I have like twelve of them because I'm a. I feel like I might be a borderline alcoholic. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, no, it's yeah, like it's it's a pretty awesome. It's a pretty big list. There are a lot of big big um, juggernauts on that list. Um, obviously, I think really cool is um, Monster Hunter World, Dragon Ball Fighter Z came out in the last. Both came out on the same day. Actually. Yeah. The last Friday of, of January, and they are number one and two uh, of the month, uh, beating out some. You know, I know Call of Duty's been out for a, little, a couple months now, but still, Call of Duty, it's, it's number one selling game of 2017, and it's sold more copies than any other game in the last 12 months. So that's a that's a big thing to do. Monster Hunter World, I think they said it was great. It was a the best launch ever for a Monster Hunter game. Uh, so that's great to hear. Uh, I know Dragon Ball Fighter Z, they said it was the best. Uh, Dragon Ball launch for a video game uh, since I want to say I don't I don't remember the game but it was like a 2002 game though uh, since like the PS2 days uh, yeah so it's been yeah 15 16 years so that's obviously great for them as well uh, but I thought some interesting things kind of coming out of it really is uh, and we talked about this the last couple months but Star Wars Battlefront two took a they were number one I think or they're number two I think in November and they're number two again in December falling behind Call of Duty both months. But dropping all the way to 11th, and not only dropping to 11th, but falling behind games like Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8. Games that are, are on one console and on a newer console have the small installer base, and Mario Kart 8's been out since last April. Mm-hmm. Um, Breath of the Wild's been out since last March. Mario Odyssey's been out since uh, since October. Uh, not trying, No digs at those games. 
But it's just crazy to me that a game with Star Wars in the title being pushed by EA, and I know it had all the bad publicity, but still to even see it fall that far. You would think, like Call of Duty World War II as number three. You To me, I would falling out of the top five is crazy to me, especially behind like GTA V. That is been out for like what five years now, and you got PUBG. Yeah. It's on one console, uh, and it's still in early access. Um, I just kind of thought that that's kind of the big thing that stuck out to me in the, on this list. So, uh, what about you, Gibbs? Anything uh, for you? Well, honestly, just seeing like the <laughs> just seeing like the three game stretch of like Mario Kart Eight, like Breath of the Wild, and Odyssey, just like back to back to back. That's kind of surprising. But also, what's the biggest surprise and stuff is, like, both Monster Hunter and Dragon Ball Fighter Z being one and two, respectively, yeah. over games like Call of Duty, over games like GTA V, which, hell, they those games always have their installed base. They're always on, like, the high ends of these lists anyway. Just seeing a bit of variety on these MPD lists other than the random, like, action and sports titles and all this other shit, you know, it's like, it's definitely a breath of fresh air. But also, what's really surprising is not one but two Dragon Ball games on yeah. the MPD list. That's something I forgot to mention. Yeah, what, what the hell is Xenoverse? Why is that on the list? All right, How well, it? let's see. Dragon Ball Xenoverse two. Let's see. The Xenoverse games are sort of like reminiscent to like say an open world sort of like uh, like take upon like uh, different types of things for like Dragon Ball Z the series and stuff. So it just plays like like time travel sort of roles or something. That's just me doing a basic synopsis. I've never played the Xenoverse games, but Xenoverse Two is on Switch, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why the thing is being boosted up so much as of late. Plus, there's some like DLC content I think that's been uh, going to be coming out for it pretty soon too. So that probably spurred some interest. But yeah, just the overall. Just the overall thought that there are two Dragon Ball games on the MPD list just kind of blows my mind. And listen, <laughs> you yeah. know, at this point, I want to look. I'm going to look. I'm going to Google check because I want to see. I want to know when that game came out. Like Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Here we go. Well, you also remember that Jake actually played a little bit of Dragon Ball Xenoverse as well because you know how he is. <laughs> February 2015. Yep. What the hell? It must, it must have been some killer sales, or people are just hyping themselves up for uh, Dragon Ball or something. Because that's just, yeah, it's, uh, you know, like like you said, those two games being on the top list are two very niche audience games. Yes, uh, two very niche audience uh, game types, being a fighter game and Monster Hunter. I mean, it's open world, but it's its own kind of Japanese, yeah, uh, weird thing. So, yeah. Um, and before we move on, uh, UFC EA Sports UFC three at thirteen in its debut month, not good. Uh, no, so those not. games are supposed to be pretty terrible. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised to see it that low as well. Uh, but moving on, uh, we got two more topics left. Uh, both both Nintendo related. Uh, so we got some more Smash Brothers rumors. Uh, pretty much been talked about for before the Switch was even officially revealed. I think about there being a Smash Brothers game for the uh, for the Switch. But uh, Emily Rogers, uh, who has, uh, this is from the article, uh, who has been both spot on and occasionally off the mark with Nintendo rumors, claims that a Smash Brothers game will be announced and released for the Switch later this year. Rogers further, further says that the game will include new content as well as reworked content from Wii U and 3DS games. Uh, Rogers isn't uh, sure as to how Nintendo will brand the game, 
whether it's a uh, deluxe edition, some sort of sequel, or, or a, like a half sequel or a full sequel. Um, but for people who don't know, um, her Emily Rogers and um, Laura K. Dales, I want to say her name is, um, those two were like the queens of like uh, scoops for Nintendo, especially like be, like pre like Switch being revealed, or like they pretty much everything that was shown off. Uh, was pretty much they already leaked, and they were right about pretty much everything. The only thing maybe they're off about was like timing, like when things are coming out, when things are going to yep. be revealed. But everything they said pretty much came true, or um, will come true. It sounds like, and obviously, like the Smash Bros. stuff has been talked about forever. This isn't really a far fetched thing. Like I think for me personally, I'm already surprised. I'm surprised this game isn't already out or coming out uh, soon. Um, but I think the idea of like, for me, it's always been, oh, this is just a Wii U. Maybe they'll throw some 3DS stuff in there, and just, it'll be a deluxe edition. But to hear that it might be, there'll be some new stuff in it, and it might be a, potentially a full sequel, is um, that's the first time I've never really considered that before. What hmm. about you? Yeah, just have like a sequel to a Smash Brothers game. That I don't know if that's like. Uh... No, it's definitely never happened before in terms of that. But I think the a lot of this uh, news that she goes into about this potential Smash Brothers game that does hold some bit of truth, personally, because this does make a lot of sense considering the track record Nintendo has now with uh, re-releasing Wii U ports onto the Switch. Either it be like games like Mario Kart 8 or like the upcoming Hyrule Warriors, and hell, we just got like a like a relaunch. Like, of uh, Bayonetta 2 that just came mm-hmm. out just past week. So, it definitely holds some merit that, hey, Smash Brothers, inside the first inside of, like, the first couple years of the Switch's launch, I mean, that in and of itself is an amazing concept. But I kind of feel like with uh, a lot of what she was saying, not only just kind of holds weight, though, but I kind of feel that it's going to be very exciting come towards, like, E3 and stuff, because... You know, Nintendo, they're not going to leak anything really major, major in terms of, like, anything Smash Brothers related up until when they want to. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, just all the whole concepts of, like, well, is there going to be, like, a version released where it's going to be a mixture of, like, not just both versions, but kind of like what Emily Rogers is just suggesting, where it could be, like, remixes of certain choruses and stuff. I'm kind of interested in seeing if there's any new characters, too, you know, if that is the case, because... That's just the thing and stuff. There were so many characters, like third-party characters that were in there, first-party from Nintendo and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I kind of feel that this is probably, you know, even take a little grain of salt here and there, it's it's definitely going to happen. There's going to be some form of a Smash Brothers game, probably reworked from the Wii U, appearing on the Switch pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I... I... I would, if, if we're going to continue, like, kind of when we talk about the Pokemon Switch game, if we're putting down, if someone gave me 20 bucks, said bet if it's going to be a sequel or, or it's going to be a re, a re, the Definitive Edition, I would probably lean more towards the Definitive Edition. Uh, the Wii U, 3DS, like I talked about a while ago, like, it'd be cool. Just throw Ice Climber in there, uh, combine the 3DS maps with the Wii U maps and all the gameplay stuff from the Wii U game, get rid of the Smash Run stuff from the 3DS because that wasn't very good. And just make that one big game. Maybe do some more DLC stuff to it. I don't know. Maybe like a season pass with some more characters. I don't know. Curious if they'd be able, that they would be 
bringing on Bayonetta and Cloud and stuff again, like well, and Ryu, like they did last time. I mean, that's the thing about Nintendo. They wouldn't have to do much in order to try to get people to rebuy Smash again for the Switch. All they would have to do was just include all the DLC stuff that they had for the Wii U version, kind of similar to what they did with Mario Kart 8, and probably what they're going to be doing with Hyrule Warriors, I think, yeah. to where it's like you have both versions of the game that was for 3DS and Wii U. You combine them together, you take out the worst portions of those games, and you have a definitive edition. And so not only do you have all the characters, like Bayonetta, Cloud, freaking, what was it, like Pac-Man... Pac-Man, yeah, Ryu, Sonic. Yeah, Ryu, Pac-Man, Sonic, and all that other stuff and stuff, and like just have everyone together, everything together and stuff inside of a big cohesive package, along with remixing of like courses of potential new characters. That sells itself right there. You yeah. Know? And that aims towards, I would bet the same thing too, where it's like this is probably going to be a definitive edition of this, probably one of the best Smash Brothers games to be released in the past like 10 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, the only thing I would I would see be a potential issue is the third party characters, whether or not they can yeah. they're gonna be able to bring them all back. Like, not they weren't able to bring back Solid Snake for the for this version or for the Wii U version. So um, that'd be the only thing I I could see a cause for concern. But yeah, like I mean, look at like the Pokemon the Pokemon tournament game they released uh, last year. Uh, they even announced just you know they've already just released uh, DLC for the game. You know, it's yeah. a definitive edition, and they announced DLC for it. So that's I could see them doing that with making this a definitive edition, uh, do some maybe some small DLC for it, uh, and a couple years, a few years down the line, maybe later into the generation when because uh, they've already released all their, their two biggest guns in Zelda and Mario. Yep. Uh, probably for this generation, we, we might have already seen them at the last of the big uh, Mario and 3D Mario and Zelda game. So releasing their maybe their third or fourth biggest gun they got in smash brothers uh in the first year or so year and a half of the console uh not bad thing but you just kind of look later down the line what the hell are we going to get so i could see them this is where we get now and then you know when we're, we're a little more established and uh into the into this generation they go like, all right here's the, the the new big smash brothers um and it's hard to think what the hell they can do to kind of top uh this one, other than I, the cool thing for me that would really make me excited for this is like bring back the the, the story mode thing they had in the the Wii version because uh, that was awesome and I paid a hundred bucks for the Smash Brother uh, Wii U version. I paid you know I bought the 3DS version. I put one hundred fifty dollars into that game wow. uh, for those two games and I probably combined played them for fifteen hours. So uh, for me to want to jump in on another Smash Brothers game. Not super excited about it, uh, but I'm you know I'm excited for the people that love those games. Uh, I love those games, but uh, if I had a community to play them with on a regular basis, I would definitely jump into that. But uh, moving on to uh, our last topic before we get into what we've been playing, uh, Doom for the Switch uh, came out a couple months ago uh, and kind of quietly didn't. I don't think they announced it. I think it just didn't come out until after the patch released, uh, but. With uh, patch 1.1.1, uh, they uh, with with some bug fixes and they actually did some performance improvements, um, so it runs a little better in certain areas. Uh, they added motion controls, so they have the um, the gyro scope um, mechanic like you see in a lot of 3DS shooter games, mm-hmm. uh, shooting games like uh, the Metroid Prime Federation, where you like you can just you move the uh, uh, you move the whole switch around. To look around, Splatoon had it on the Wii U as well, 
you can hold the the uh, tablet and you can that's how you you aimed was by moving it. Uh, I think Splatoon 2 even has it too. Um, so they added that in there. I guess it was uh, highly requested from gamers uh, wanting that. Um, also in that as well, uh, on top of the on top of the motion controls is they added a party system, so you can uh, easily play with people on your friends list uh, in multiplayer mode. But uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of a that's kind of a cool thing to add. Not my cup of tea, but I think for people that love Doom uh, or that bought it for the Switch. Um, and people that love that love like Justin, I know loves the the gyroscope uh, controls. Uh, I'm sure he if he's not playing it already, uh, he will be playing it soon because I know he has it for the Switch. What about you, Gables? I think this is a great move by Bethesda on their part and stuff. To where it's like that was just one of the key concerns about uh, the the port of Doom on Switch. There were certain performance issues, especially if you increased like the uh, higher difficulty levels where there were more enemies on screen. Because mm-hmm. of how many enemies are popping up on screen and caused the Switch version to do like like various bits of slowdown, especially if you got past a certain amount, even if you were going like on the hardest difficulty and stuff, there were times where the game would slow down to kind of like a crawl to where you could not like uh, really successfully go through certain portions without having some sort of like uh, detriment to the gameplay in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, there probably. I, let's see. Other than that, though, there were certain like maybe fidelity issues that I had seen through like the Digital Foundry video that they released. Like uh, I would think well, it was like about a month or two ago, up in involving the uh, Switch version of Doom. Let's see. There were definitely some bits of like texture and definitely some bits of glitches that needed to be worked out. Worked out, but uh, in and of itself, you know, I think this is fantastic that the company Bethesda has went through and not only gone through a lot of the issues that have been plaguing that version, but just going through, just not, you know, just like uh, remembering the fan base for that version of the game and stuff and not just cutting it off. It's like, nope, there's not going to be any patches or anything like that and stuff. It's done. It's over and stuff like that. This is the version you get and move on, you know? Yeah. That's very easy to do, especially with a, a port, a lesser port to the Switch for a year and a half almost two year old game to just like all right this is what you're gonna get here you go and that's that's what it is so enjoy uh but it sounds like the doom soul is is been selling pretty well yeah for um for this for the switch uh almost at the wii uh <laughs> so yeah and like i said it's really cool for them to probably something they really didn't have to add i doubt this is going to make a drastic change to their sales um if any, like they might have sold a couple extra copies for this, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Probably. I think it's 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 cool. I, I'm I think it's really cool to see that, and it for it's just kind of awesome, especially to see like a big developer like uh, Bethesda, um, you know, let you know for them to put the resources in and let this happen. If you think if this wasn't gonna this wasn't there at launch, there's no chance of how this would happen uh, three months after the game came out. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Cool thing. But speaking of Doom, Gables, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> well, in case people haven't already figured it out already, yes, I bought Doom, and I bought it on the Switch. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest with you, I was totally lucky because I did not, I, I freaking was not aware that the patch was going to be releasing this past week. Yeah. <laughs> so when I bought Doom, I put it inside my uh, Switch today, and I see this download of like, oh, there's a download for this thing. It's like, 
what is this? Is this the multiplayer thing? Because that has a lot of gigabytes in it. And so yeah. I initially went through and I canceled the downloaded stuff, but I had to install the download that update before I even had to go and play the game. So I just went through and I did it anyway. So I go through, I start up Doom, and the first thing that I that uh, the first experiences and stuff that I've had playing the game on Switch and stuff it. It definitely feels like I'm playing the game, like, <laughs> on uh, the PS4, certainly, because it plays smooth. The controls play smooth. The graphics, you know what, the graphic fidelity aside and stuff, it is a little bit of a, like, a step down from the PS4 version. But, at the same point, the amount of textures, the amount of fluidity with the enemies and stuff... Bethesda must have worked out some bit of the kinks and stuff with this game because it's like I feel like I'm playing a great experience on the Switch in terms of like the first person shooter stuff especially when I'm taking it like uh, with me to do like errands and stuff and that's exactly what I did today I took my Switch with me I wanted to test out to see how Doom would perform while it's undocked hmm. so I while inside the car doing the various stuff I had a chance to play like around i'd say about 20 minutes or so of doom and oh my god doom looks awesome in handheld mode i mean this game this game controls so fluidly just the controls are excellent in terms of like control precise visions i had to increase the sensitivity of the uh of the right stick a bit so that way i would feel a little bit more like control in terms of like how fast my movements are going to be precise and this and that but uh Oh, yeah, the gameplay feels like Doom that released in 2015. Well, actually, 2016, when I think about it. Yep. It still feels like the original release, which that's great. I definitely am not going to be trying any type of the multiplayer stuff because I do not want to download the extra shit. <laughs> it's not that good anyways. Yeah, missing out. yeah, that's the thing. I'm not missing out on that. But there are features that are not missing that I'm aware of. There definitely isn't some like shortcomings and sort of the level design it's i've basically have played through the first two chapters of doom i have had no issues so far in terms of gameplay or in terms of like sound clipping or in terms of things like the normal things you would experience if you had like a specific port that's worked on by another company besides the like the actual company itself so panic button studios is the one that's actually did the work of the port for the switch and I gotta admit, they've done a pretty fantastic job in terms of, like, like uh, porting over this really graphical, intense game, this speed-performing type of game, onto the Switch. And, yeah, you know what? This version is more aimed towards, like, say, handheld sort of, uh, sort of a handheld sort of, like, perspective, but even when it's docked, the game looks respectable. It definitely feels like you're playing a game on steam sort of like on the low to medium settings mm -hmm. which is not bad actually in terms of the performance in terms of everything else the game does not really compromise all that much the character like i said before the the demons and stuff are looking like really good in terms of like the fidelity their way they move the way the things going transversing through the levels you're quick you're agile you're doing things you're just doing what typical doom stuff you do inserted of that game but uh, other than that, you know, Doom, for the Switch, it plays really well. And 
hell, I didn't even care that I paid $60 for that damn thing, because it's like, I got a great first-person shooter on the go. That's something that I hardly ever have a chance to play, except for maybe Killzone Mercenaries. This (laughs) is definitely probably the definitive shooter to play on the go, in my honest opinion. But there is a little story behind how I went through and I bought Doom on the Switch. Now, oh. yes, now, yesterday I went through GameStop because I was looking for a game or something that I wanted to play and stuff. And uh, I picked up Doom, like, for the Switch. I go to the cashier and stuff. You know, she looks she looks at me and she was just actually starting to go a little bit into, like, uh, you know, a little bit, of, like, kind of like little puns and stuff on Doom and stuff like that. Not just, like, puns and stuff on Doom. It's like, hey, do you want a little bit of insurance of your Doom after doing all the Doom extensive stuff? Like, <laughs> oh my, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god uh, she was just fucking crazy. marry me now <laughs> <laughs> well well I gotta admit it was pretty hot but I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway like I like I was just trying to say that that was one of the main things that actually got me to like is pre-ordering uh, another Switch game Kirby Star Allies the same game that you discontinued to pre-order because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like it's like, yeah, she just talked a little bit of like about like the pre-order stuff, and it's like, oh, hey, it's, oh, it's Kirby Star Allies and blah, 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 blah. And, and what's kind of funny is, like, before that, we started talking a little bit about Bayonetta and stuff, because uh, I had told her that, yeah, it's like, yeah, I got Bayonetta last time I was in here, and she just, just telling me, it's like, oh, man, I just beat that fucking game last night, you know? It's like all the, just explaining all the different types of moves you purchase in the game and stuff, like the, the fucking breakdancing move that you go through, and she's just shooting, like, her fucking pistols everywhere while doing some sort of crazy hip-hop, like, uh thing but anyway i'm just drifting in and out here <laughs> but the point being and stuff it's like i don't ever have really that type of experience like going to gamestop to where it's like okay hey i want a game it's like hey you want to pre-order this blah 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 you know it's just the standard affair yeah. and all of a sudden i i go through and i start talking with her and it's like oh my god actually this is pretty fucking fun <laughs> yeah so normal conversation at gamestop who would have thunk that yeah i know right i mean fuck but uh, anyway, that's how I got Doom on the Switch, and that's how I fucking like pre-ordered Kirby Star Allies. Because we started talking about the whole aspect. I was like, oh man, that'd be really fun to play co-op. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, You should anyway. make her your current po- uh, co-op partner. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> where, where, okay, where are you guys going on the honeymoon? Okay, fine, then give me her number. Give me her number and I'll call her then. Jesus. I'm not that much of a perv. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Gables. Uh, but anyway, anyway, there are other games I did have a chance to play. I did finish up Dragon Ball Fighters, the story ooh, mode. Oh, okay. I have gotten about 70% of that thing done in and of itself. I may go back to get a couple things like uh, gone through when I want, but I got to admit, you know, the story-wise for... The game as a whole, you know, it's not so bad and stuff. It actually got me, like, a little bit more to identify with, like, Android 21 in and of itself. But, uh, well, that's just the thing, though. The game was a really fun experience, single-player-wise. You had a chance to try all sorts of different characters. You got to go through, and you could battle things as much as you want. You can unlock the skill links for how much you want and stuff. But Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to complete everything in order to fully enjoy the experience of a Dragon Ball Fighters, you know. 
But uh, I will admit, though, going through that final portion, going through the final cutscenes and stuff like that, I just didn't really want this game to end. Because <laughs> yeah. just having so much fun and like uh, having so much fun, like just being in the world of like uh, Dragon Ball, doing this and doing that. Hell, I've been doing like I've just been experiencing Dragon Ball stuff for, like the past twenty years. So it's like, hey, you know what? This is actually. Probably one of the best Dragon Ball games I've played. <laughs> oh, but uh, let's see. I finished up that for the PS4. But the last thing that I did have a chance to play, I played more Bayonetta. And oh my god, I am finally to about chapter three of uh, the game. Going through and like uh, just earning a lot of those gold halos and stuff like that. Those gold rings in order to use in Rodan's shop. And just experimenting with a bunch of the techniques that uh, Bayonetta can learn. I mean, it is so freaking crazy. It's like what I was saying before and stuff. You know that whole breakdance move that Bayonetta does? It's like you basically yeah. hold the, the ZR trigger. And you can just you just hold it. You just move around and stuff like that. And she'll just randomly go through and just start just just twirling on the ground and stuff like that. Just shooting her, like, heel pistols everywhere and stuff until finally go into, like, a, ending in a provocative pose. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, just the various amounts of moves you can actually purchase for Bayonetta. And then, like, in and of itself, there are other portions of, like, Rodan's shop where you can go through and purchase different weapons, different types of power-ups. And I didn't know this until doing it mid-boss fight, but I paused the menu, and I could actually concoct, like, certain lollipops in order for, like, a Bayonetta <laughs> to go through and recover, like, magic or health or this or that. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what it was used for. Because <laughs> the only other way you can earn those certain types of, like, health recovery items or, like, power-up stuff is if you go through that arcade thing, like that arcade game or something right after each stage... To where if you get like a like a custom like a certain amount of points, you can all actually go through and earn stuff. But honestly, after every time I've done that, I've just decided to just exchange for rings anyway because I kind of want to unlock all the stuff that I want to unlock <laughs> first. Because <laughs> what I'm doing doing right now is just unlocking a lot of the techniques before trying to like say power up her weapons or power up little things in of itself. And I will admit though. I have never actually went through, played through the entirety of Bayonetta and actually beaten it. I think I've gotten to the point where I've gotten on to maybe the first couple chapters and I just stopped and started playing other stuff. But this game, I feel like I want to beat this game. You know, I feel like I want to go through, play this action game and stuff and just have myself a fucking ball. Because everything else I've done in this game so far, it's like, it's crazy. It's over the top. And I am absolutely in the mood for a crazy over the top experience. The same as Doom, but still. <laughs> yeah. yeah, similar but very different at the same time. Exactly. But anyway, that's pretty much all I've been playing. So what about you, Tyler? Um, I talked about it last week, but I also picked up Bayonetta 2 uh, for the Switch. And I don't know if I said this on the show uh, or not, but I know last time Justin was here, I was talking to him. I think it was be- might have been before the show. And I said, oh, yeah, I pre-ordered Bayonetta, and I'm not really sure why. And... Um, <laughs> Anyways, I, I picked it up. I mean, I loved Bayonetta 2 back when I played it on the Wii U. I, if you listen to one of our old flashback shows, um, I talked about it then. And I uh, played the shit out of it. I beat it in a couple days. Uh, and I was telling you before the show about how, yeah, I played the first hour, but I think I'm on Chapter 2. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. But uh, we were talking about it, and like, you made a good point. Like, I just played 
Shadow of Colossus, and Near Automata in the last month. Near Automata being a Platinum game. Um, and so I pretty much playing a, a very similar type of game pretty, pretty much all year, really, other than Dragon Ball Fighters. And yeah. uh, so I think I might have kind of worn myself out in those games a little bit. So maybe that's why I'm not feeling it so much. And plus, I've already played it before. That's um, but I know, true. But I like that game. True. So, yeah. So I'm... I'm going to play it. I want to play it eventually. I'm going to go back to it eventually, but I, I, I think it's a game I'm just going to kind of put in the back burner for now. Uh, I do have a bunch of games that i still in the back burner uh, that have been in my, my folder of shame on my PS4 for months now uh, <laughs> that I want to play through, like Okami HD, and I still want to finish. I'm like two chapters left in Fire Emblem Warriors, so I really want to finish those up. But the one game I talked about last week already um, that I really have played this week other than I played half of uh, the first Frederick game again on the Switch, um, but you guys heard me talk about that game enough. It's awesome and fantastic. So just play it. Seven fucking dollars, just buy it, people. Um, <laughs> anyways, I talked about last week Shadow of the Colossus. I um, I think this time last week uh, when we talked about it, I had beaten twelve of the sixteen uh, Colossi, and I was positive on it overall. But kind of like, yeah, it, it, it's really, it's good. It's really good. But it's not like this great all-time awesome game that I've always heard about. Um, and I want to eat my words eat my words a little bit. So I finished it up Sunday morning and I played, I beat the last four um, Guardian, or Guardians, damn it. Wrong, wrong Japan Studios game. <laughs> uh, I beat the last four Colossi and uh, man, they like, they saved the fucking best for last um and i still stand by with some of the things i said about how i thought i thought the first six seven or eight uh class i were really cool and awesome and if i would have talked to you guys at that point i would have been raving about this game and but i was just like i just went through 9 10 11 12 and i was like it's just like eh, there's nothing really they kind of feel like retreads and all that time you spend you spend more time searching for these guys and you're actually fighting them uh but i ended up yeah like i said i beat the game uh Surprisingly, it didn't I, I when I was reading about this game, people were saying it, it's like it's a ten to twelve hour game, and I beat it in uh, just under four and a half hours. Uh, huh. I, I guess there's like a lot of side stuff you can do, and if you have trouble finding the guys, uh, which I did it a few times, um, there was literally points where I was I spent 20, 30 minutes looking for these guys, and you could beat them in less than you know ten minutes um, if you know what you're doing. So, anyways, I. Went through and I finished the game, and yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I'm not gonna sit there and say it's one of my all-time favorite games, but I can definitely see if I went to this game, uh, in 2005, um, or 2006, can't remember which one it was, but going into it then 2005, uh, and knowing what I knew about it then, just saw in the trailers, maybe reading about it a little bit, I can definitely see why people are considering this to be like one of the all-time great games, because uh, it, it has all of that there to it. I think the hype for me, uh, 13 years of waiting to play this game, uh, and the plan after, like I said, playing Last Guardian only raised the hype for me uh, to something it was just impossible to live up for. But even still, yeah, I mean, it's a great game. It's awesome. I loved uh, the story, even though, like I said last week, I knew I knew the ending. Uh, it still like was I didn't I knew the ending, but I didn't know the events that took place and the ending, uh, and. Um, it was still super impactful. Uh, still hit you. 
You know, because you're going through this game once, like knowing the, the end of the journey, but going through the journey uh, and seeing what um, Wander's going through, and these poor Colossus that are like they're just wandering around, like, and you just go up and you start stabbing them, and like it's like this is kind of like you, you kind of feel like this is kind of a shitty thing you're doing here, and um, but going through and just doing all that, like you start to like you feel kind of bad, and like actually going through that still hit me. Uh, pretty hard once we got to the twist at the end um but i yeah it, it's it's yeah it's really really great guys uh it's 40 bucks like i said last week um this is for sure if you've played it before i still say play it now because it looks really good like there's still mm-hmm. it still looks a little it looks a little, it's not like a top in ps4 game but there are certain elements and moments we're like this game is like this is absolutely stunning. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, there's some cool like uh, moments when you're fighting some of the colossi. Especially uh, two of my favorites are the there's two flying ones, and yep. the, when you're riding on the back of them and they're flying around. Oh yeah. Uh, are two of my favorite parts. And the other one there's one where you're underwater and you're holding on, and like the <laughs> colossi is like jumping out of the water and going back underwater, and you're like you're holding on for dear life. Yep. Uh, like. They have that grip meter, and it's like so tense. Like I was like, I, I could only play it a few at a time because my hands would start hurting because you're holding down the R two button so much for for gripping. And like I was like, I can't. I, like I couldn't play it for more than half an hour. Then you got to hold down triangle to run with with uh, um, Argo the, the the horse. So uh, it could be a little you know, cramping on the hands. It's like an old like the old three um, DS in a way. Some at some at some points, or like playing Metroid Prime Hunter on the DS back in the day. Um, but no, it's, yeah, it, it's fantastic. Like I, I, I wish I can go back and play that game when it first came out and appreciate it for what it was then. Like it, it, it'd be like me going and trying to play all the Metal Gear Solid games now. Nothing never playing it before and just hearing 20 years of hype or 15 years of hype or whatever it is. Uh, like it wouldn't hit you the same way, um, as, as it would now. So, um, or then. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of rambling going on about the same thing, but yeah, just, just play the game. It's fucking awesome. Uh, but that's, that's really all I've been playing. Uh, you know, we're in that kind of like, we had, we had, we've had a few good weeks of some good, good games coming out with like Celeste and Dragon Ball fighters. And, uh, we got Bayonetta two on the switch again. We got Shadow Colossus, uh, Monster in the World. Um, but we feel like, it looks like we're kind of in a de- like looking at the the calendar for the next uh, few weeks, really until mid March. And we've talked about it a few times before already. But uh, mid March we get a good burst of games. Uh, so I don't really know what's gonna happen in the next few weeks as far as what we're playing. I think we're like I talked about I'm probably gonna play some stuff in my backlog. Um, Gables, I'm sure, is gonna keep playing Bayonetta two and Doom. Yep. But uh, yeah, it should. I mean, it's kind of fun. You got you got new stuff to play. And I can finally jump into some of my old stuff. So my older stuff that's been sitting around for a while. Uh, and start knocking some stuff out. Like I bought the season pass to Wolfenstein 2. Yeah. And all I think all the content's out for now. And I haven't even touched any of it. Wow. Um uh what was it? Like uh Destiny 2. I haven't even played this the first first expansion. Um what else? I mean, there's something else I like Kami HG I bought a few months ago and never I haven't played it yet. So there's a lot of stuff I still have to play I wanna I wanna play. So Batman season two for Telltale, like there's four four episodes out, and I've even played the last three, so wow. I should probably get on that. 
uh, yeah, so I've been really bad about uh, keeping up with my games. Uh, I'm going to try to catch up on some of that while uh, while I got some free time on that. Uh, but anyways, I think that might do it for the show this week. Um, I don't think I forgot to um, plug anything this time. Um, well, I'm about to plug stuff now. Uh, but anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm all over the place now. Um, but if you guys want to hear more from us, we have a Facebook page and group, uh, Drunk Nash Nerds. Uh, like and join us on there. On Twitter, at Drunk Nerds Pod. Um, follow us on there, please. Um, on iTunes, Drunk Dash Runs Podcast. Subscribe. Leave us five stars and a comment. We'd greatly appreciate it if you do. Um, on Twitch, we are uh, at Drunk Nerds Podcast. Or not at Drunk. We are Drunk Nerds Podcast on there. Twitch.tv slash Drunk Nerds Podcast. Please uh, follow us on there and send us friend requests. Uh, we like friends. Friends are good. And last but not least, on YouTube, uh, we are Drunk Nerds on there. So subscribe, please. Uh, podcast goes up on there as well. So if you guys are more YouTube people, uh, good place to uh, check us out. Subscribe, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We'd greatly appreciate if you did that. More people that could see us, uh, the, the the happier it makes us. So we would greatly appreciate it. we do all that. Um, also, I talked about last week, but this week uh, we got, I think, not one, but two of the Drunk Nerds flashback shows coming out. I think 59 and 60 are coming out this week. I think 59 is on Tuesday. I think 60 will be on Thursday. And then we'll have one more after that, episode 61. That'll be the last of the flashbacks. And then I think I said last week I found one episode that just never got released. I think it's like 104 uh, that I'll release. And that'll be the end of that. So um, I think so. then early March you'll get the last of those shows. And then it's over. No more of those. So officially after that point, every episode that we've ever recorded that actually got made it past uh, the recording part and wasn't lost somewhere in the ethernet of the uh internet black hole uh will finally be on the feed for everybody to know and love and listen to so uh greatly appreciate if you guys go and check those out uh we've been paying the extra um a little bit of chunk of change to get those out there every month for you guys so uh we'd appreciate if you check those out uh like i said last week there's a lot of cool stuff that happened back in those days and it's fun for me you know listening to them figure out the hell we talked about some of those shows but it's fun to uh, kind of hear what kind of what the state of video games were and kind of what we thought and what we where we were at that point and see just kind of where our opinions changed on things. Like you go back, listen to the early parts of the show. Uh, I was very much anti Nintendo, and now uh, now I'm a lover of Nintendo. And it's kind of crazy, and really that's just kind of doing a podcast every week with Gables for nearly five years. Yeah, I did I know, that, right? and Justin finally broke me down. Uh, too. So it's a combination of Justin and Gables uh, attacking me from both sides. Probably broke me down. So it's yeah, and also Pokemon X and Y. That, that was a big thing too for me. Yep. So yeah, it was uh yeah, it's kind of cool just listening to some of those and me bash Nintendo for a while. Uh, not that I don't bash them now, but I think it was kind even of more so. I think it was kind of interesting because when we started the show and stuff like that, I think it was like Jacob was like heavy Xbox stuff. I mean, you were kind of yeah. like heavy like with the PlayStation Xbox stuff, and I was the one that was just like, okay, the Nintendo talk, this and that, this and that, and it's like, yeah. oh, now everything's kind of evolved in sort of a way where everything yeah. is, feels like it's more Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. This, like, I've talked about before, but the, the last 12 months or so has been, we've been very Nintendo heavy, but I mean, I think... The, Nintendo's been dominating pretty much everything for the last 12 months or so. That's very true. Uh, really dating back to last January with the reveal. So it makes sense. But yeah, it's kind of nice because we used to go months without having anything to talk about. So now, I mean, we even have, we have stuff that seems like every week, at least one Nintendo uh, topic. So yeah, but uh, 
please check this out. It's really fun. It's just, it's fun from like almost in like a time capsule sort of way. Just kind of to hear all that. Um, so anyways, uh, that's been our show this week. I appreciate you guys for listening. I was host. I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. So until next week, everyone, game on and have yourself a good week. Bye, guys. I don't have anything witty to say. Yeah, I don't either. So, <laughs> should, we, should we do GG everyone? Is that can we still do that? That still makes sense. GG Alan. Oh God. yeah. <laughs> we need Jake on here to say GG, and I can say Alan. So, I'm just gonna go back and like edit them in at the end of the show. I don't know. If, I don't know if they pay him residuals for that though. Let's find out. All right. Anyways, Later, bye guys. Everyone. Bye.